There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team. I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing. And I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage, I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there, this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests. And I feel that there will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome everyone to this episode of In My Truth. I have a friend, Katrina Luxem with me. She's a friend of mine I met through Liam Gordon, who's also been on the show, one of my best mates since I was, I think, 13 years old. And we met earlier this year when I was visiting him in Chicago, had a fun evening and afternoon out. I think we went to a festival or something like that from my memory. Yeah. But it is awesome to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, um, so my name's Katrina again, Sarah and I met um very you i think you were sick right you had a fever or dengue fever oh yeah i just yes i just got back from mexico and i had dengue fever so i was like not that much fun that night actually (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i was just we we interacted very briefly because there were so many people around us um but i just had been so drawn to you and then started checking out stuff on your instagram and then listening to your podcast and um, I think I fangirl messaged Sarah like, holy shit, every time I feel something or like I'm thinking something and can't figure out, because I have this thing where like, I, my brain works faster than like I can put into words. So the things that I come out, come out like <laughs> half, tr- like half thoughts and you put things that I had been thinking like into words. I can't even think about which post, but, um, yeah, it was just, it was exciting. And, um, I resonate a lot with what you say, and I feel like you were just a very open person that came along at the right time, and I was very thankful for it. 
Oh, I love that. Thank you, honey. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's jump into our conversation here today. Um, what are you kind of wrangling with in your life at the moment? What are you trying to work through? We'll see if we can get your words to figure out your brain. <laughs> right. Um, and it's, it's a crazy time right now because, you know, it's right before it's, it's New Year's Eve. So mm -hmm. I'm New Year's Eve has always been like a big family holiday for me. And now as an adult, it's, I always I bartend. So I always am working and it's, it's a lot more material than it used to be. So this is probably actually a really good way for me to kind of feel like at home, just kind of like I do a lot of things for myself today. So today has been a big reflecting day. And um, something that I am trying to think about for next year and how I want to approach life is just I have a tendency to self-sabotage mm -hmm. and, and, and it's in a way like in a way where uh, tell me if this makes sense but like I life has happened and a lot of crazy shit has happened to me like when I was younger and, and you know everything's relative my crazy is someone else's every day and like vice versa but I feel like life has gotten so hard sometimes like my dad passed away when I was really young and I is I'm the oldest of three so I had to like kind of step into more of like a parent role and you know I'm sure from my mom's perspective that isn't 100% accurate from her perspective and but for, that's my truth that that's how I felt at the time and like that has definitely greatly shaped who I am now and it's like since then things just always happen where I'm like fuck like just when I thought I was over the hump, like something else happens and like, but I, I'm very fortunate where like I have very strong family ties and like very strong people in my life and relationships that I know that anything that comes to me, I, I think I've gone through it all and I can persevere. So I kind of get a little lexical when I don't want to do like, I like my job. I, 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 and this happens to everyone where you get a little bit complacent, especially towards the holidays, like towards the end of the year. So then I'll just like put shit off. And it's like, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be more proactive and I should be keeping up on things so that I can do other things that I like doing versus pushing things to the last minute and feeling overwhelmed and then like burned out because I, for some reason, I still want to work three other jobs and it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. So I just, I feel like I need to do things that make me put set me up for success versus make me feel like my brain can't compute what's going on anymore mm -hmm. and and there have just been so many times where, like where I'll have like years that are really great and then years where I, I push everything I have to do off to the side but then because I have this like safety net of people in my life that'll like always be there for me no matter what I'm like well if I don't if trying to think of the most recent like um for example i want to take um a pmp exam and i know if i put it off just because i know myself i'm not going to do it and i i want to do it but in my head i'm like is it the worst if i don't finish it or i'll finish it like when life when life opens up and i have more time to do it then i'll focus on you know it's like i'm always waiting for something to happen versus taking control of it and owning it mm -hmm. yeah so that's where i'm kind of like frustrated right now but and it's hard because, and this is like something I would talk about with my therapist. And it's like, I'm, I want to, mo I want to be that motivated person and I want to keep striving for more. And I understand like people are dynamic and, you know, we have good days and bad days and uh, some days where we feel super inspired, but it's like, how do I, how do I capture that essence in a bottle and keep it? And like, you know, did you ever watch Space Jam? Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a scene 
where all of the uh, Michael Jordan's players feel super sad, like they, they suck at the game, they're not going to win, and like they make Bugs Bunny takes a bottle and puts water in it and writes Mike's secret stuff or something like that. And just like the thought of it, like this is a magic, like the belief that this was a magical thing made everyone feel like all stars. And it's like, if only I had like that juice, like that mojo, <laughs> like that placebo yeah. effect, like get me through bad days so that I could at least like trick myself into doing it. But then I felt guilty because I'm like, I'm having these opportunities handed to me. Like, why, why am I not taking advantage of them? Mm. You know what I mean? It's so interesting, the self-sabotage piece. Yeah. I mean, I struggled with that a lot throughout my entire life. I mean, hearing your story and more about your story, I think we have a lot of similarities, which is probably why you've resonated so much <laughs> with what I've written. Because um, I also, like, you know, lost my father. And my, my father left my family when I was 10, and then he later died. But um, at that age of 10, I, like, stepped in as that parental figure mm-hmm. in my family as well. Um, so I understand all of that but coming back to the self-sabotage piece and also just it's interesting what you said about like you know the waviness of our moods and our emotions and how it all feels and one of the things I was writing down today like how I want to feel in 2020 Um, I did that at the start of last year how did I want to feel like aside from like goals and things like that I was just like how do I want to feel every day and for me, one thing I've been really craving is just this feeling of like consistency and groundedness. Mm. Um, and so that's what I'm kind of trying to embrace because I have had a period the last year or so where I've really needed to allow myself to be a lot more wavy than I ever have in my past. Like I have had a lot of days where I just have to be on the couch doing nothing. And I never used to do that. I used to just show up no matter what, push through. Um, but I'm kind of feeling like that part of my life this this year or so or 18 months that I had where I needed to kind of allow myself those those down times and things I feel like it's time for me to now put that to rest and like build consistency and groundedness into my life and I think what I discovered with the self-sabotage piece I mean the way that I was sabotaging a lot was through like drinking and pushing myself to be like I guess I was trying to like escape. And so then I would drink alcohol, then I would like do things that I didn't necessarily want to do. And I would wake up the next day feeling yuck. Um, So, you know, a lot of that for me, because it stems from alcohol has been around like removing that from my life or changing my relationship with it. Mm -hmm. But I think just, yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely sabotaging a lot less now and I have a lot more self-awareness and clarity. And now I'm just trying to look for like, what are my patterns and what are the things that, Like if I want to build more consistency and groundedness into my life, like how do I just do that every single day with like, not to this military standard, because I don't think that works, you know, when we swing from one extreme to the other, but just like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But just generally being like more consistent because I also like travel a lot and Mm -hmm. have, I've allowed all this fluidity into my life, which has been really fun. But like you say, you know, you can sit there and be like, oh, maybe I'll do the thing. Like if it feels right, I'll do it. But that's very like feminine and very in flow, but sometimes we need to embrace that masculine energy and be just like, no, (laughs) like I want to do it. So I'm going to do Mm -hmm. it. But I think also like, I guess looking at our motivation, like, well, why am I actually motivated? Because if I don't really know why I want the certain things that I want, that's oftentimes as well, where I feel I'm like not in alignment where I'm just like, like right now with dating, for example, 
I just started dating as everyone knows who's been listening a couple of months ago. And then I kind of got overwhelmed in the last couple of weeks where I realized, wait, I don't know what I'm trying to achieve here. Like, and I think I, I need to like stop and just be like, all right, what am I trying to achieve? Because I think I'm not trying to get into a relationship but like, I'm a lover. So I meet these people. I'm like, Oh, he's pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. He's pretty great. He's pretty awesome. Then I was like, Whoa, 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 Sarah. Like if you don't get clear on what you want, like you're going to end up falling into something that, you know, is just there. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's like always important when we're looking at our behavior and what we're doing and what our goals are is to examine like, what's our motivation behind it? Like, what is my motivation for dating? And I think honestly, my motivation right now for dating is to learn more about myself and others and the dynamic that can be created and to experience like watching my patterns and triggers but not actually to get into anything, you know? Right. But I have to be really freaking clear on that. Otherwise, I don't know. What, <laughs> I'll sabotage myself. You know what happens. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I'll end up sabotaging what I actually want, which is probably to continue this journey of spending time with myself and getting to know myself more and being comfortable in that way. So I have to keep that as my clear intention and understand that the dating, you know, I'm being really transparent with the people that I'm dating, that it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm ideally looking to keep things casual. I don't know. It's hard. It's so funny because I literally went on a date yesterday and I'm also like, I'm very clear about my intentions. Like I, I, at this point in my life, I don't ever know if I'm going to get married, but I want kids. And like, and that always just like happens in conversation on first dates because everyone's like, well, what are your intentions? Like, where, like, what do you want? And it's just funny because I always tell them like, you know what, like I don't, I, I've never been in a committed relationship, but I, mm-hmm. but for some reason I say that to people, it, they always hear, so you, like you're afraid of love, but it, I have such an abundance of life, of love in my life that it's like, it's, it's not that I'm lacking it. It's that I know what it is and I know what like unconditional love looks like and I'm not going to waste my time chasing the fantasy of that. So it's like, and for me, like a foundation of friendship and like under mutual understanding is so much more important than that, like chasing that fantasy. And I think, Mm -hmm. and I think because that directness is not something that happens in dating, people just get so put off. And like, I recently, like a couple weeks ago, we were recently talking to someone and he was like, well, just so you know, like people fall in love with me, like you're saying this and da, 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 da. And we had our first date and he was like, I didn't think you liked me. Like, I didn't think you wanted anything to do with me. And I was like, no, I just told you, like, I'm not really into PDA. Like, I just kind of wanted to hang out. I, I wanted to go home after we hung out and like, but I still had a good time. Uh, but he was just like, so off his rocker. Cause he's like, well, every girl has fallen in love with me. So I don't know what to do. And I was like, okay, well, that sounds like a you issue. We need to figure that out another yeah, time. Yeah, that's his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and then like, you know, go back, going back to like the self-sabotaging, it's like, in those instances, is it like, is me being too forward, like setting myself up for disaster? Because then like, when I, when I start changing how I'm feeling and start trying to communicate that, they're like, well, like, this isn't what you set me up for. But, you know, so it's like, there's, there's a balance with that kind of thing. And like, even when you were talking about how some days you just, you're feeling like you're getting into more lazy days where you're just like allowing yourself to sit on the couch a little bit longer. And it's like, but we need those days where we take care of ourselves and like lean into feeling lazy. And like, because if we, if we can't make sure we're a hundred percent, there's no way we're going to be able to put a hundred percent of what we want into other things in our lives. So it's just like, I'm so big on like balance. And I think every, you know, I'm very similar. I'm big on words and I think words are super important. I'm much more words than visual. Totally. And, um, 
balance is something that I always try to like visualize and achieve just because I feel like, you know, having your uh, bio, it's like, I am not one thing, I am many, but it's like, we're all like that. Like there, there is no way you can tell me that one person is mm-hmm. one thing and that's it. And like, sure, maybe, but the food under the surface, there has to be something else that they're craving and longing for that maybe they don't even know about. And it's like, how do we get to that point where we're being selfish, but also being present and being giving to the people in our lives. And I don't, I, again, this is like a half thought moment, but yeah, like I'm, I'm it's a big battle in my head. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And I think like going back to what you were saying about how, like our words and how we say things. And I'm also like quite a fast processor, but I also am a, an external processor. So I'm always like talking my thoughts out but I had an interesting experience this morning with, so I, I do have a partner who lives in, an, in another state. We've been kind of like dating um, for several years, but it's not like a primary relationship or whatever. And we're, most people know I'm non-monogamous and we're open and all that. But I was having this conversation with him about, you know, not necessarily wanting to get into a relationship. And he started probing like almost to like lock down those words of mine that like these, and I said, are you, are you asking to learn more about relationship dynamics? Are you asking these questions or are you asking so that you have this ammunition to pull up if I get in a relationship to, to feed back to me that I said I wouldn't. And he was like, Oh, the latter. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, let's not do that <laughs> because you know, life is fluid. And if I'm like processing something with you right now and how I feel in this moment, you know, it doesn't mean that that's going to be how I feel later. And I do think mm-hmm. we have to be careful about the words we choose, especially with new people who don't know us so well. But also, it is my choice if I say one thing and later I want to be something different or create something different for mm-hmm. myself or my feelings or emotions change. Like that is my experience. And it's really not to be judged by anyone else. And if they are judging it, really it's just their own stuff, you know, their own, in his case, potentially like trying to grasp onto some element of security and certainty (laughs) that like, okay, for the next X amount of months, Sarah's not going to like complicate my life with other partners. But like, I don't know, I can't guarantee anything. Anyway, we made our way through that. But even for myself, I, I've tried this practice of not being like super definitive with myself when I write down like my goals or when I'm journaling or even when I'm talking with other people, like, you know, I was talking about alcohol and I'm trying to continually improve my relationship with alcohol. The old me was like, you know, I would go from like drinking and being like, Oh my God, I'm never going to drink again. And like, it was just such a, so backwards and forwards. And so like finite every time. Whereas now I'm just like, no, I just want to improve my relationship. Mm. Like I don't know what that I'm really open to what that looks like as it progresses. But, but I still think it's a balance right between being like open and fluid and then like knowing what you want and keeping that yeah. front of mind as well. Because I think I can also fall into the trap of like allowing anything, even though it's not what I said I wanted because like <laughs> in, the, in the name of it's being so flowy and fluid. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's crazy. So it's interesting. So you're heading into 2020 and self-sabotage is like the thing that you want to. Yeah. And also like where I focus my energy. Um, I, just like I love, I love the people in my life, but like there are days where like, I don't know what it was this year, the day after my birthday. And I could not have asked for anything more. My friends wore wigs for me. They I was saying karaoke, like it was great. And I loved every moment of it. Um, but the next day I just like felt such sadness and loneliness. And 
it was, and I felt guilty for that because I was like, I'm, I have so, uh, so many people in my life that care about me and that if they knew I was feeling like this would be, a, like, would be there for me in a heartbeat. But it's like, sometimes you just need to process things on your own. Mm-hmm. And I, and sometimes you just need to cry. And I was like, why, like, why am I upset? Like, what is making, and, and I think it was because I was feeling kind of low and, and it was an exhausting week and me and my best friend, um, we're not on like the best of terms at the moment because we had our, she had her own stuff going. I mean, she still showed up, but she had her own stuff going on and I knew I couldn't reach out at that time or she probably wouldn't answer. And so that made me a little bit more sad, but you know, sometimes you just need to lean into your feelings, but there are definitely days where I'm like, okay, if I don't call any of my like best friends, mm. are they going to reach out to me? Like, is anyone going to be like, Hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. Like what's going on? Let's get lunch. And I, I mean, I've always just, especially because of how I grew up, you know, I've always been a nurturer and I, and a lot of the times me feeling good is me putting, it looks like me putting people before myself. And it's funny because one time, um, this guy I was talking to was like, yeah, but you're such a pushover. And I was like, see, I don't view myself like that. I was like, yeah, I do a lot of things for other people, but it's never, never to like the detriment of my own mental and physical or like emotional health like I do this because I know I I can I have the capacity to take care of you and that makes me feel good and like you know how they say like not all like true altruism isn't altruistic because at the end you're making yourself feel good about the deeds that you're doing for others Mm -hmm. and things like that so it's like uh I just I'm starting to get to that point where like I know I'm starting to realize like I need a little bit more um self-love and like energy for myself and I can't be doling it out to everybody else, which is a hard reality to face when that's something that makes me feel good. Mm. But uh, yeah, I need to be a little bit more selfish. So, or else I will end up self-sabotaging and burning out and not having any energy left to do the things that I need to do. Mm. Um, it's just a weird balance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing that comes up for me as you're speaking once again is like quite similar for me. My core wounding because of what happened with my father is abandonment. And one of the gifts of that is like, I'm so good at maintaining relationships. Like I just collect all the people and I love on them and they're just Mm. like there in my arms and, you know, I can just meet more and more of them and I can handle a lot of relationships (laughs) as well, which is probably why non-monogamy works for me a little bit. I mean, I'm still exploring, but it feels like it works for me because it's not Mm -hmm. difficult for me to manage more than one relationship, um, romantic relationship and like friendships. Like if you're a best friend of mine, you're sharing that that role with like other people (laughs) because I've got like these different best friends from different parts of my life. And sometimes I feel like I need another word for that. But, you know, I've, I've noticed in myself that one of the things was that I would literally maintain a relationship with like anyone who came Mm -hmm. along, you know, as long as I didn't really not like them. And honestly, like it's very rare that I don't like someone. I get on well with almost everybody. And so I would like very easily maintain all these relationships. But I remember also going through periods thinking, if I didn't reach out, would any of these people like this feels very one-sided sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's where I've become more and more intentional over the years of really looking at like, who are these beautiful souls that fill me up as much as I fill them up and, Mm -hmm. you know, not having any expectation of who's going to reach out when. And, And oftentimes the best ones, the best friends that I have are the ones where sometimes we go weeks without talking or months or years even. And, and mm-hmm. like everything's fine when you pick back up because there's no expectation and there's just pure love. So I don't know. It's, it's been a journey. It's like you picked up where you yeah, left yeah. It's been a journey for me. And mm-hmm. I was just writing my list of people in my life right now who are like 
super aware, super conscious, like there's no expectations or pressure on either side. When I'm with them, I only feel uplifted. And, you know, I was very mm-hmm. happy because I quickly rattled off about 10 people. Mm-hmm. And these are the, the people that like, there is zero question in my mind that they will not judge me. I can like call them and process whatever I need to. They'll be there for me. They'll, and spending time with them is just a joy. You know, there's not going to be any drama or arguments because mm-hmm. I didn't do one thing that I found with me picking all these friends and like keeping them all would be somewhere along the line. Like I wouldn't meet one of their expectations because I'd been so nurturing and so like easygoing and always there. Then all of a sudden something would blow up and I wasn't like giving them enough attention after a certain period of time or something like that. And there would be a big argument and then they would like have to kind of exit the friendship because I wasn't the kind of friend that they wanted. And I would always be like, what? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, on the one hand I have friends going back since I was like a child who I still speak to almost every day. So I've got this like evidence that I'm a good friend, but here's this (laughs) one person who's just like not dealing with it. And I think oftentimes it was because I would nurture so hard in the beginning Mm. and they'd often be someone who didn't have as many friends. So they would feel so much love and connection from me. And then they would experience me in a different context where there might be multiple people around and my energy is getting divided. And all of a sudden they'd be like, Whoa, I'm not getting what I thought, you know, I expected of Sarah. So that's been really interesting for me to like see that pattern in my life and start to really shift away from those types of friendships and also setting better expectations Mm -hmm. and boundaries with people, but super interesting. And I know so much of it comes from that abandonment wound and that want to just like keep everyone and feel all of that love. Um, so I don't know if that resonates Mm. for you at all, but, um, no, yeah, no, I love you. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, definitely. And, and I, it, it is definitely having to look at, other people and things and I I try really hard like I know not everyone has the capacity to give that energy that I can so I have no problem like taking on that role um but you know like whenever uh you're always like the happy-go-lucky person and the one day you're having an off day it's like Mm -hmm. there's an elephant in the room and no one knows how to no one knows how to function because you are the person that always like (laughs) livened it up so it's always interesting like new dynamics with that or like because I was raised in a very traditional Asian household um tough love is something that happens all the time you know like Mm -hmm. it it, it, so and and it took me a long time to realize that criticism was coming from a good place and it was just because they know that I'm capable of better and execution was just not always there and so like with my friends like as much as I love them I'm a no bullshit person so it's like Mm -hmm. if you fuck up and I'm not going to handhold you and tell you that everything you did was fine and everything's going to be okay. I'm very much like, no, you need to, you need to look at what you did, how it impacted the people around you and ABC and D. And so I think like also to like, again, I also have like that core group of friends who've known me for forever and they know when they get a really long message from me, like they're like, Oh shit. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it always ends up like, okay, that looks a lot scarier than it was. Like, I appreciate you. I appreciate you like being that vulnerable and honest, but then there are also the people who, who think that they're ready for that. And then they're in a place where they, they can't really handle that kind of honesty. And I have to real, I have to remember that that's not personal, that they want to take a step back. It's just that right now we're not on the same, we're not vibing and that's okay. And hopefully, hopefully later we'll both be in a better place where we can communicate better. And it's hard when people, it's friends who you really like, 
spend a lot of time with and then that one thing happens and it's like uh did I set my foot in it did I did I go too far like but um I really believe that like people just need time and um we, we figure new things about ourselves every day and hopefully it all works out <laughs> yeah and if we're like working on our communication and stuff like a lot of those conflicts and experiences can really deepen relationships mm-hmm. you know once we can move through it and and handle it all and yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. The friends that I've been able to push through any kind of conflict, it's like, wow, it just deepens everything because you learn more about each other, just like you would in a romantic relationship. Obviously in a romantic relationship, mm-hmm. you end up with these conflicts a lot more often because you're spending a lot more time together with friends. It might happen like once a year or right. even less, or, you know, it depends how much time you spend together with a romantic partner. It's going to come up more and more because you're trying to like you know, live like closer, like more side by side and, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to come up. But if you, like, if you handle them and I always believe if you get to the core of an issue, it doesn't repeat. Like once you kind of understand what was driving either you or them, even going back to your self-sabotaging behavior, like, okay, tr- finding the core of where that's coming from mm-hmm. will actually eliminate it. Like once you understand why are you actually self-sabotaging, like for me, I was self-sabotaging because I was not in my truth and in alignment. Like I was Mm -hmm. feeling whenever I feel trapped in any area of my life, which is still just a feeling because I'm never actually trapped, but I might believe for a period of time that I'm trapped because I'm too scared to make whatever decision I need to make to move that. Mm -hmm. And that's when I start sabotaging because I just start doing dumb shit because I don't know, like I, I am just out of alignment and I've learned that about myself over the years, but I didn't know it for a very long time. Like I didn't know that I was sabotaging. I didn't, you know, I could make excuses for my behavior all, all, all day long. But right. since I got to that understanding, like this year you know, of really stepping into my truth and practicing expressing it and practicing being truthful with, with myself and what I actually wanted, it's like the behavior that's sabotaging is so is just constantly decreasing and less. Mm-hmm. That was my trigger. But I think it's just like getting to the core of like what it is for you that drives you to like not do the things that you want to do to give you the outcomes. And once you figure that out, it'll just fade. It's sailing from there. Well, if only the journey there was easier. <laughs> not- I know. I know. And so much of the time we focus on our behavior change. Like if I just do this different thing, mm-hmm. that's why with alcohol, I'm like, no, I want to understand my relationship with alcohol right. rather than just saying to myself, I'm not going to drink anymore. Or I'm only going to drink X amount. Like that's just behavior and it will always come unstuck mm-hmm. unless I understand like what is the driving force behind it? Like, you know, both of my parents essentially were like, or are, my mum is and my dad was functioning alcoholic. So I've like always been hyper aware of that mm-hmm. and like managing myself and my relationship, but I'm still not at the core of like, well, what does it give me and what doesn't it? And like, why do I, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm going to Costa Rica to Soltara to do ayahuasca um, for ceremonies again. And that's one of my intentions when I go there because my last ayahuasca experience really shifted my relationship with alcohol and really showed me, but it was unexpected and I hadn't gone in thinking about that. So I'm kind of going in this time with the intention to just like, I want to understand more about like why I would choose to use this substance when generally speaking, or how can I have a better relationship with it? So I only use it to a positive versus, you know, the times when it can go negative. No, that's awesome. I I mean, at least, you know, like how to get yourself to that place where you can figure it out and you have, I I feel like whenever you reflect, you're just very, um, you know, you know, the things that you need to do in order to get you where you need to go. Like, you know what I mean? 
I don't know if that makes sense, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes I, think, I feel lost, but I think I keep my eye on the fact that like everything can be solved. Like if I look at everything yeah. as like a problem or a challenge or something, I just got to dig into, like there will be some nugget in there that makes the difference. And that's, yeah, that's essentially what I do know. I feel like I, the reason I self-sabotage a lot is because, because eventually like things go to shit. <laughs> like, I don't know what kind of issue this is, but I'm like, if things are going to suck anyways, they're like, all these hard challenges are going to, I would rather enjoy what I'm doing now. And that, I don't, I don't know what kind of complex that is, but that is me making an excuse as, in, as to be present when it's, that's not it. Like, but it's just me excusing bad behavior and bad discipline, like bad self-discipline. No, but not really. I think that's actually, I think you're getting to it. Like, so if you have a belief system that bad shit's going to happen, what you're doing is like, rather than, it's almost like you're trying to control that. Mm. So rather than having it just hit you from left of center, which is really destabilizing and having lost your dad and things like that, like it's awful to have these things just like the rug pulled out from under you. So it sounds like almost like you're trying to like do it to yourself, almost to like beat the universe at its own game kind of thing. <laughs> like I'll, I'll mess this up before it can just get messed up for me because that gives me a sense so like of control. control and also... Yeah not risking like doing all of this hard work at something only for it to fall apart anyway. No, that makes sense. Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. I definitely need a little bit more reflection on that. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe looking at what, what that belief is that everything's going to go to shit and like, where did that come from? Yeah. There's the obvious stuff, but like there might be more that you can dig into. Like, where did that come from? And how do I just reframe that? Like, yes, life is going to be up and down. There's going to be things that happen. Mm -hmm but you also don't need to create them because they're already going to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> what if you put I, your energy creating good stuff and then you'll be in like a better mindset to deal with the things the that rock you a little. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what's really good or bad. Like if we really look back, everything we learn and we grow, Right. even the loss. As long as we take a lesson from something. Yeah. Even the loss of yeah. a loved one, which is very fucking hard to get your head around and find the silver lining in. But you know, at a soul level or whatever, you can say, well, we journeyed together. Mm -hmm. These are the experiences I had by having you as my father. Like that's the way I look at it. And you know, that was, it obviously depends on your spirituality and your beliefs, but that's my belief system is that, mm -hmm. you know, we agreed to come into this life together and he was going to play this role and I would play that role and mm -hmm. for our own mutual growth and benefit. And like, if I can just have trust in that, that he did what he needed to do in this lifetime and that gifted to me what I need to do in my lifetime, then, you know, that helps me even put something as difficult as death into perspective. Yeah. No, 100%. And it's just crazy because it's so funny how like even, even someone who's no longer here can impact us so much. And I think for me and my mom, it was like figuring out our relationship because I was like, I was definition like textbook daddy's girl mm -hmm. and we were just super similar without even trying to be and I think what like my complacency with things sometimes like school or like I don't know things in her mind that should be important that in my mind are not as great I think for her it's frustrating because that's how my dad was and it was he would just get bored he was so smart and he would he would jump from one thing to another and my mom that and me and I think I think it's it's probably something that is endearing but also something that terrifies her and so that kind of shifted how she, that like she self-sabotaged in, in that way by 
how my brother and sister were raised. Cause I, you know, I don't know if you have siblings, but me, but me and my brother and sister were raised completely different. Like mm-hmm. all three of us were just very, very different um, upbringings, but just because of how circumstance affected us and, and how we as individuals cope with those things. But yeah, I mean, I definitely think that if my dad didn't pass away and me and my mom never butt heads as much as we did, I would not be um, as solid of a, a communicator as I am because my mom is like me, very emotional, but she would kind of like get so emotional that she would shut down and I wouldn't know how to, you know, when you're 12 years old, you don't know how, you don't know what you're dealing, you don't know how to deal with your emotions. I barely know how to deal with my emotions at 27. And, (laughs) and yeah, so we just like could never find common ground. And that's when I began like writing the long letters, like just, which is how I, I've found works best with trying to deal with conflict in my life now, just because it gives people a chance to hear you uninterrupted and then hear you with more open eyes and open ears after they've processed it the first time and like they can look over it as many times as they need. And it made me and my mom a lot better. I think that's an interesting point about writing for people like us where there's so many words that can come out when we speak and especially if your brain's mm-hmm. moving quickly and processing fast, which by the way, like has nothing to do with intellect necessarily. I mean, I've read a lot about this, but um, you know, I could, my ego could be like, yes, I'm such a fast processor, but it's, <laughs> it's not. It's just the way that our brains work that like information will be coming and will be like verbalizing. But what in an argument like that can be really challenging for the other person. And particularly if they are a slower processor where they like to actually get all the information sit with it and then put it all back together again, Mm -hmm. which is just different. Like for me, I often experience it like very intensely. I do a lot of stuff comes out. Um, It can be very like emotional and emotive. And then it'll be like days later where I'll like have this reflection and that's how I'll learn and grow through it. But what I learned in my last relationship, actually, my ex-boyfriend was more like that type of processor. And I was like, and it would be really difficult because he'd just be like, I don't know what you're talking about, like too many concepts, too much you're throwing at me. And I would be saying stuff that was like totally half-baked and like, you know, not even there yet. And so, you know, even though the the kind of saying goes like you should have an argument or or you should manage conflict face-to-face and have a conversation, depending on who you're dealing with, like actually sometimes for me to stop, sit down and write it also meant there was a little more processing time and a little more like sense and organization about what I was saying Mm -hmm. to him. And then, as you said, then he can take it, think about it, whatever. So, and I've I've had that with a girlfriend since where, you know, she was upset about something and I wanted to just talk about it. And then I was like, no, actually, I'm just going to like write down, you know, my, my kind of response and thoughts and reactions to it. And it was like, we moved through it like slowly via text, which mm-hmm. is not my ideal. Cause I'd love to just sit down and like talk it out and hug it out. But like, right. I totally <laughs> see that there are actually different ways to manage conflict and to communicate. And, and sometimes the written word can provide mm-hmm. um, for those of us who have le- less filter between thoughts and mouth <laughs> can provide like that, that filter system that you know, mm-hmm. can, can come with a more rational outcome, I think. You know, <laughs> and it's hard because sometimes I'm like, I'm also a Virgo, so I'm just like full of detail all the time, unnecessary or necessary. So I just get ner- like, I, my biggest fear is that my, when I'm communicating with others is that my intention is not going to come across. And especially with text, if you're not familiar with how people are texting, I'm also very much like I love face to face because I also think there's so many like totally. nonverbal cues that you can use and pick up on to based on like how the progress of the conversation is going. But like 
So then I hate it when I, I hate text messages because I feel like I'll just like start having verbal diarrhea on my keyboard and I'm like, do they know what I'm saying? And then what I'm saying sounds crazy or, you know, like they just like taken out of context. It looks really intense. Um, so yeah, I'm a big proponent for it. Yeah. If you're fast text or it kind of like defeats it because you just start firing away exactly the words. <laughs> oh, so and then Noah and everyone's like, holy shit, this girl just sent me like five paragraphs. What's going on? I <laughs> uh, have been known to do that as well. <laughs> Uh, it's so funny. Well, on that note, I think we'll probably wrap up, but this has been such an amazing conversation and like going down different pathways with you has been really interesting. I, I didn't realize how similar we were, but now I understand why we connected and like, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So yeah, lots of love to you on, on New Year's Eve this year. And as you get into 2020 and set all those intentions and goals and everything, and you're smart cookie so i know you're going to figure it all out thank you for being so open and vulnerable with well, thank us thank you so much for having me and sorry if that any of that was confusing <laughs> follow no it was amazing thank you so much Thanks for listening to this episode of In My Truth. You can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcast or sarahregelhuth.com forward slash In My Truth podcast. To stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes. So if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources, but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope, even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sarahregelhoof.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.